guys, I'm George and welcome to the Everyday Malaysian Show. This is where amazing people from different walks of life meet and talk about their unique and colourful experiences. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Malaysian Show. Today we have with us uh, Rachel Marias. Um, she is a musician, a composer. She has actually just released her new album, Rain in Chaos. Is that correct? Order in Chaos. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, I'm just gonna <laughs> no, that's add... okay. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just add that. Uh, rain. Oh, sorry. Order in Chaos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where did you get the idea for Rain, though? I have no idea. I... <laughs> I don't know. It just yeah. I like that. <laughs> chaos. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, order in chaos. Rachel, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into classical music? With regards to getting into classical music, I think back home in when I say back home, I mean Malaysia. So back in Malaysia, mm. in terms of learning the piano, it was mainly classical sort of uh, music that I learned. Just mm-hmm. because I'm not too sure how it is now, but when I was growing up, classical music was the way to go. Like that's the only way you're gonna be able to learn music. So that's what I was put through, and yeah, it's just basically what I've known all my life. <laughs> all right. So was it something that you were in that you were interested in, or was it introduced to you? Can't really say if I was very interested in classical for. If if you're talking about purely classical music, at a young age, I was interested in music. I had an inclination towards it. But mm-hmm. in terms of loving classical music, I think as I grew up and started to listen more, develop my own taste in music, then I started to appreciate classical music a little bit more and the process that goes into it. But in terms of starting out as a kid, I think as long as I heard sound, I was happy. <laughs> All right. But your album that has just been released um is it would you consider it classical music or is it um a mix of genres so the music that i tend to create especially with the album Order and chaos i would say it's in the same lines of what we call neoclassical or modern classical music mm, okay it's actually quite amazing because i personally don't know many people who play this kind of music in general mm. You know, I understand that you um, you learned piano at a very young age with your mom being a piano teacher. Is that correct? Yeah, my mom, she she learned the piano as well growing up. And mm-hmm. she not nec- she didn't actually teach the piano. Like, off and on, she did teach the piano, but she's more of a music, uh, what they call it, a early childhood music educator, if that's the right term for it. Okay, okay. All right. Um. So that, um, and she taught you the piano as well, correct? No, she actually did not teach me the piano. I had oh. many teachers that okay. I learned from. I mean, mm. of course, when I was younger, she probably did teach me something. You know, I can't remember at what age I, I learned. I started going for classes when I was about three or four, but that mm-hmm. was more my mom would take me for the lessons and we'd participate in it together, but not so mm. much like she was my teacher, which. Oh, okay. Would have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you, your album, so uh, Order in Chaos, what inspired you to name your album? Like, what really, what inspired you to give it that name? Good question. So, while I was creating Order in Chaos, 
I really did not know what I wanted to name it for a long time. And it was only through my conversation with the person who created my album art cover, Shanita, that mm-hmm. I came to this idea of order and chaos. So we were talking about relating my album to my journey in life and mm-hmm. the patterns that we observe in life itself. And we we just went through a whole stream of different concepts in art. And then she mentioned the term order and chaos and how things fall into a divine pattern. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay. And I sort of just looked into the theory a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I was also thinking of this, the piece that's named Order and Chaos and how I've played it, how it's been. When you listen to it, there's a lot of movement going on and yet there's a system to it. So, I, yeah, I guess that sort of just inspired me to name the album Modern Chaos. Ah, that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. I would say listening to the album, I the track Genesis. Yeah, thank you. This album that you made, was there anybody who inspired you to create this? I had someone who sort of nudged me in the direction to create music. But in terms of inspiration for the musical content, it was mainly true you know, things that happened in my life and so on. So with regards to that nudge, one of my lecturers, while I was studying music here in Australia, we were talking about the idea of creating music. And I was saying to him that, yeah, I do make some music from time to time, but uh, I don't really see myself as a creator or an artist. And then we we talked about that, like, why why did I think of myself that way? And he just pretty much said to me, you know, you make music, just you know, make music, you know, be that person and um, enjoy the process. I thought, okay, I'll do it. And that's kind of that nut that I got in the direction to make it. I'm sure that it must have definitely been a quite a journey from just being, um, from learning music and being a pianist to becoming a composer itself. Yeah. So what was that journey like? I hope this doesn't sound cliche, but it felt a bit of... Um, almost like a journey of self-discovery in terms of getting to know myself in that music scene. As I was saying earlier on about not seeing myself as an artist or a creator, I just saw myself mm-hmm. as someone, when I started just before making music or at least making the album, I saw myself as someone who appreciated music, who loved music a lot, and that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a yeah. new aspect to it now through the process. I discovered that I can make music and People enjoy it. I enjoy it. And it feels great. Um, I think one of my other friends and I were talking about that process of catharsis when you make music or make an, make art in general. So just mm-hmm. finding my, like a new version of myself in music, you know, apart from being a pianist or a teacher, now I have this new facet to myself, which is a composer or a maker of music. Mm. So, sorry, you were saying that you are a teach, you are a teacher. Yeah, yeah, a piano teacher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, so you, you feel like this journey of, of from being a piano teacher, pianist to a composer is more of a self discovery kind of thing, yeah? Yeah, self discovery, and like I said, you know, adds a different layer to myself as, like, in a sense, like musical identity, if you want to think mm. about it that way. Oh, okay. So, um, as I told you before, I listened to your album and um, a lot of, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean a lot, all of it sounds very uh, personal. All, yeah, it sounds very personal. So, is there a story behind the uh, music that you have composed? 
<laughs> I've got a big smile on my face now because yes, there is. I think each of the piece that I've made in that album has its own story. It'll take a mm-hmm. little while while for me to delve into you know each personal story, but I'll just say as a whole, each song reflects a point in time of my life. Like Genesis was a part a time in my life where I was coming out of a very difficult situation. So it felt like a, a start of something new or a restart, if you want to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is and what will be was a point of acceptance. You know, I, for a long time, I was a bat- battling with a few different issues and, you know, going back and forth and just deciding that that's it, you know, this is how it will be. So that's the second one. The third <laughs> one's a soliloquy. Yeah, oh, that that is an interesting one. That I think would be, in some ways, the most personal one. I think when you listen to it, you can probably hear how fragile it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I might leave that alone for now, just because, yeah, it, it's a whole story for that one. And deviation was just about going through life and taking different paths. You know, just I usually tend to be a bit of a fixed person, or how do I say it? Um, if I have a plan, I'm just going to stick to the plan. But, you know, mm. with that song, if you listen to it, it kind of goes in different tangents which is with its melody. So it's something that relates to that part of my life as well, in life going through different journeys or different parts. And then order and chaos, seeing that it all falls into place the way it should. So, yeah, that's my little um, <laughs> expository <laughs> lecture on my album. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it definitely, um, listening to it, it definitely felt um, it very it felt very connected from one track to the other. Oh, that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, and it definitely is why I asked the question because it definitely felt like it was a story to tell because mm. each piece has like, uh, just to me, it feels like it has it brings up certain emotions mm. as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hey, so now you're currently staying in Brisbane, correct? Yes. Yes. So, I mean, when you're in Malaysia, uh, the Malaysian music scene itself, do you think that it is uh, more challenging to break into the Malaysian music scene than it is uh, where you are currently? Now, that's a hard one for me to answer just because when I was still in Malaysia, so I have been in Australia now for close to five years, actually. And just before I left, I don't recall being too active in the scene in a sense, like I wasn't one that was getting gigs. The main thing I was doing was teaching. And then I left Mm -hmm. for Australia for my studies and then slowly getting into a few different things. So with that question, I would find I'm finding it a bit hard to answer, to be honest. Mm. I think over here, just because I'm used to what I have here, I found that there were a lot of opportunities in terms of the people, the network that I have here in Australia, which can also be found in Malaysia. Because I think about it now, I was studying in a place called Aswara. And at that place, I remember even till today, I have a whole heap of friends who are in the music scene who have been talking about collaborating on a few projects. So I reckon it just depends on the network that you have, wherever you might be, whether it's Malaysia or Australia or somewhere else. Mm, Okay. 
So it's just um about building network and how you work around with it. Is that correct? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure it would be pretty difficult back home. Just thinking about how the arts, at least from my perspective, I see it rising. I see a lot more foundations opening up to support the arts scene. But in terms mm-hmm. of general public understanding of arts, it almost feels like oh yeah, arts. Okay, whatever. Let's go back to <laughs> something else that's professional you know <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely agree with you there um especially with things uh like you said arts is something that is uh, because i feel like it's not very clear cut mm. and it is not um like you there's no one route fits all kind of thing mm. and everybody has to take a different journey so yeah but you said that you studied in Ashwara correct yes yeah 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 Ashwara what was it like you know studying in this um learning music in this place what was your journey like so before i talk about that i guess i should say a little bit of what aswara is so it's a uh, from my understanding i mean i can't recall what it stands for exactly but i i know it's a place of arts and culture where you learn you know mm. learn music dance film and so on i loved my time there in terms of my outside the classroom experience i met so many unique individuals in the art scene you know i'm one of my close friends is a dancer and an actor and uh you know a, a musician so i just find that i found that when i was studying there you know, i was exposed to so many different art streams i love the fact that culture was a huge thing like traditional arts i found mm-hmm. that opened my eyes to get to know my culture better you know the malaysian culture the indian culture and even you know malay chinese and so on i loved it i really enjoyed it i felt that every time i was there there was always music around there was someone dancing at the side trying to practice you know all that but i have to emphasize there was more the out of classroom experience that was the best for me yeah mm yeah that's great and um do you think that you know with all these exposures that um you have experienced while you were studying there um and your journey through this do you think that it has made you more fond of the of the classical side of music and of dance and things like that i would say it has made me like my experience at aswara has made me fond of culture and the arts not so much classical because i did go in for a semester of classical music and then the next semester i wanted to switch to contemporary because i felt that you know i've studied classical all my life i really want to do something new so for mm. me i think it just gave me an appreciation of the culture the traditional arts and the dancers around it i understand that you've been living abroad for some time but mm-hmm. do you feel that um there is a certain stigma that comes with um being a malaysian and trying to break into the um mu- music scene you know um aside from those who do covers and things like that but do you think there's a a mindset that the malaysians have that um when it comes to somebody trying to pursue their passion in music very good question i think the common stigma around that as based on personal experience as well is the fact that say for example music i know of relatives and just people around that see music as you know not a professional stream you 
you're not going to be making enough money and so on, which I get the idea. I get the understanding that potentially a life in the arts may not be very financially stable, but there are ways to work around it. Back home in Malaysia, I'm just thinking about the conversations I've had with in the people in the past and just thinking about the fact that music or just being in the arts or wanting to pursue that career was generally looked down upon. And mm. I think it's also because, you know, when you think about music, it's almost as though it's a pursuit of pleasure. You play yeah. music, you enjoy it. You listen to music, you enjoy it. I'm trying to think, actually, like, what what is the purpose of music in that sense? Like, you know, when you think about a doctor, the doctor helps with you know, seeing what's uh, going on with a patient and so on. It helps them. But music, yeah, it helps you in some ways, but it doesn't have a pure purpose. I just think the main thing is just this pursuit of pleasure. So maybe that idea might be uncomfortable to some back home. That's what I think at least. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's not a general it's not a you go to uni and you do this course and then you can come out get a job and make correct money. yeah kind of thing yeah it's more of um forge your own way and no way not the same way doesn't work for two people yeah right? yeah 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 so um another thing that I'd like to talk to you about is getting people more exposed to you know, classical music mm. and you know, things like that where it's not just your general pop uh, songs and things. How would you uh, think that we can change that stigma to encourage people to try different genres of music? I would say, you know, starting from the home itself, from the family unit, if families can be open to playing a whole range of music at home, uh, depending, I mean, it depends on the family as well. But I reckon even if no one is learning an instrument, just playing different sorts of music, whatever genres that is out there. And then I'm thinking as well as that, the family unit, if we move to education, trying not to see mm-hmm. music as a path for achievement. You know, the idea of, okay, I'm going to get my grade one, grade two. I need to get a high distinction for the exam. Trying to see it in a more okay, I'm learning a skill, I'm learning an art form and just enjoying the process. So if we can start small, that would be great. So starting from the school, starting from the family unit and also changing that perception mm. that, oh, music, right, okay. Um, it's, you know, what is it for anyway? Yeah. It doesn't have to be, music doesn't have to be something for a specific purpose. You know, it's it's so hard to describe it sometimes. Right? <laughs> I just feel pleasure you know it could be Mm. even sadness one way to express your emotion I suppose but I just reckon if we can start changing the way we think about music and also you know for parents being open to their children listening to different sorts of music attending you know those sort of uh, music appreciation classes where they can sing and dance and clap that would be really great definitely more exposure at a young age Mm, because i remember in school like i definitely agree with you that school should play a bigger part in cultivating the love for music Mm. because in my experience in schools all i did was learn the recorder (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's all we did one recorder and that was the only thing yeah and you know now with um, music schools opening up and all it's still a challenge to go to this places so how would you encourage listeners to pursue 
their love for music and to try and build wider range of uh, music to, to appreciate. I would say if the person is looking to learn an instrument, I'd say, you know, just go and learn it. <laughs> Don't overthink the process. If you want to learn something, you're really passionate about it or you're curious about it, find a really good teacher as well. You know, test the teacher out and go with it. You know, learn, understand that you're a beginner and enjoy that process. In terms mm-hmm. of listening mm-hmm. to a whole range of music, I guess the answer is just there, you know. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. We are so fortunate to live in a time where music is just in our pocket. We can just get Spotify up and you're exposed to a mm-hmm. whole plethora of music. It's, it's just all there. And explore, explore a genre, explore an artist. And you can definitely learn a lot about a person or a culture just by the music itself. So I'd say, yeah, go for it. Go and learn an instrument. Also surround yourself with friends or at least people and resources that are going to encourage you in that direction as well. All right, that is great. So um, just before we end, I have a last question for you, mm. which is uh, what advice would you give someone who's trying to make it in the music scene and create their own music? Similar to what I said earlier on, I would say to start and with creating music, I think it's harder because you're going to have to deal with a lot of thoughts in your head in terms mm. of, oh, um, does this sound good? I'm not sure if that's okay. I'd say just start with what you have, what you you are thinking to create or you know, what whatever that inspires you start and see how that goes. Also accepting, accepting that sometimes you're not going to be able to create something or that you might feel stuck while creating. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Just sit with that. And another thing I would say is to get educated, you know, read up about the different sectors in, say, if like Malaysia, for example, where you can release your music, how do you release your music, get that education. And then again, the big part, I guess, it's people around you just having that network of friends or colleagues in the music scene. Um, if you're able to go for any gigs, go for gigs, support the local music scene, talk to these artists that are creating music, how they create, and so on. That's a big one to understand how the mind of a creator works. Thank you so much for your time, Rachel. And for those who are listening, don't forget to check out her album. It's on Spotify. Okay, It's called Order in Chaos. Yeah, yeah, not raining chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do share it with your friends. If you have any questions, feel free to reach us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at The Everyday Malaysian Show.